All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, everybody, to another uh, edition of Talking with the Mods, our uh, quote-unquote weekly podcast. Um, but we want to thank everybody for joining us again. Uh, we are continuing to talk about Gretchen Rubin's The Four Tendencies. So last time we were on here, um, we talked about the upholder tendency, right? Mm-hmm. And some of the uh, the traits of that tendency and how to kind of manage that. And one thing that we wanted people to understand is that with these uh, tendencies, the idea behind it is just to talk about how um, that person with that tendency views expectations, right? Or how they meet expectations. So whether a person meets an inside expectation of themselves or an outside expectation from somebody else. So um, tonight we're going to focus on... The questioner. Ooh, the questioner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I I was really looking forward to this. Um, because for those who don't know, I am actually a huge questioner. <laughs> and um the the funny thing about a questioner is they appear to be very rebellious, but it's usually not the case in actuality. Um Well Okay, so, alright, <laughs> right, so let's talk about that a little bit, right? So um, so for me, one, one of the biggest traits about a questioner is they'll comply if you give them a, a valid reason why. And so with a questioner, like a questioner has to take in the information and like digest it and then decide whether they're going to do it or not based off of if, if it's a priority or if based off of the research that they've done that it's important enough for them to do. So it's interesting because um, one of the questions is, if you're a questioner, have you been called stubborn, um, not a team player, quote unquote. Um, And I do think that's in line with kind of your first comment because at times it can appear to be somewhat rebellious, but it has to meet your inner expectation. So whatever that outer expectation is, you have to have asked the questions, agreed with it, and made it really your own internal expectation, and then you'll comply. Yeah, I, I mean that's and that's pretty much how it is, you know. Like, like the book said, like um, a questioner doesn't does not have a problem meeting inner expectations of themselves, but they only will meet the outer ones if they feel that it's valid enough. So, <clears throat> I know for. A person like me, like as I'm sitting here and I'm like reading the book and, and one of the the key ways that you can kind of tell what tendency you lean for is toward is like when you start nodding your head in agreement <laughs> um, as you're reading some of the, the bits and pieces. But I know like that's totally me. Like I am like an information hog, you know, um, and, and even like I was telling you, like I don't make decisions unless I have all the bits and the pieces, like unless I have all of the information. Um Sometimes trying to move forward without the, all the information for me is very nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. So it may appear that I'm being stubborn when I'm like, um, no, I don't I don't really think it's time to do that. It just means that I haven't gathered enough information. Right. And it's interesting, too, because they don't operate well with um, arbitrary rules or rules that they feel are arbitrary. Um, so they have to, again, completely believe and understand it. Um, so it's quite interesting too with me um, being more of the obliger that leans to upholder. 
Um, I have a struggle with our daughter who more than likely, she's eight, so it's hard to engage with kids, but more than likely it is a questioner. Um, where for me at times it feels like she's being defiant against me where I'm like, I'm the mother. I said, be ready at this time, just do it. And I'm, you know, constantly have to be on her or whatnot. But the reality is she's not trying to be rebellious. She's not trying to, but for her, it was like, be down here and eat. Well, you didn't answer enough questions in her head. So it seems arbitrary so then she's not moving faster because she's like, I don't really understand the reason why I need to do this. Whereas for her, it would make more sense or be better if it's like, hey, we need to get out the door so we can be at this place. It's going to take you about 10 to 15 minutes to eat. So I need you to get dressed, come downstairs. Like you need to have all of those questions going in her head so then she can justify, oh, well, that makes sense. Then I want to do it. So the funny thing with that is, and I think we've had this discussion before, is you're like, how come sometimes she just listens to you? And I'm just, I, I speak her language. Like, I, <laughs> I understand. Like, for me, I'm like, I, if, if you give me, a, a like, questioners, we don't like, well, just do it because I said so. Or just do it because we've always done it that way. Like, mm-hmm. That's not a good enough reason because in our minds, we're constantly trying to improve and say that there's a better way. And so when a person is like, well, just do it because I said so. And I, and, and I know she's probably thinking this in her head because this is how I am. I'm just thinking like, yeah, but well, that's probably not the best way to do it. It's probably not the most efficient use of our time. So I'm going to do what I think is best based off of the information that I got. And we'll see how that lines up with what you're doing, you know, <laughs> which is why it comes off as is rebellious. And it was like it was interesting. It gave um, the example about like someone puts a note like wash the dishes like at work or something like if you make a dirty dish, like wash the dishes or something like that. And how a questioner might see that note and be like, that's not a priority right now. Like, I'm sure the dishes have to get done. But the people who have more time to actually sit down and wash the dishes, they can do it. We got to handle the, the things like put out the fire first, you know, and that's how our, our mind operates. It's just we're very priority focused individuals first and then allowing everything else to fall in place. It, it, it's I'm thinking about. um. So we were talking about this when we were in Salt Lake City, right, about the the book mm-hmm. that you were writing. And one of the things, so for those who don't know, we actually went to a, a, a class, someone did like a more in-depth discussion on the four tendencies where where we really started to dive back into it and be like, oh, okay, that sounds like me. Like, I really want to search and find out like what my tendency is. So it, from the moment that I found out I was a questioner, like to me, this example made 100% like sense in my mind. So Dana was in the process of writing a book. And you go to me, you're like, hey, I want pictures for the book. And I'm like, okay. She's, And then you're like, I'm going to take my own pictures, though. So first thing I'm thinking is like, you can't take your own pictures. Like, you want them to look nice. You want them to look professional. Like, you, you want them to look a certain way. And you're like, okay, well, can you take the pictures for me? And I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. I have a pretty decent camera to be able to do it. What do you want? And so I think you gave me, uh, like, you wrote down, like, a list. Like, I want a, a picture of, um, 
like a mask and a couple other things. You know what I'm saying? The list that you gave me. That it was very general. So, like, when I was going to take the pictures, I was sitting here like, ah, I have no idea what she wants. So, you know what? This is probably not a high priority right now. Once she gives me all the information, then I'll go back and do it. And that and that's why I was trying to explain that to you. Mm. You know, <clears throat> that I'm like for a questioner, we have to have all of the information. Um and and it kind of dives a little bit into one of the other things they mentioned though that is common with a questioner is though analysis paralysis. You know, you know what I'm talking about? So for those who don't know, analysis paralysis is for a person like that, like a questioner, they take in so much information that they're like they constantly feel like I have to take in more information. I have to take in more information so much. So to the point where they never take action Mm -hmm. and there can be some upsides to taking in information, you know, so that you can make an informed decision, but there can also be some downsides because if you never do anything with it, then what's the point, right? So I think it's just, it's very interesting and very important to strike a balance. Um, now, I will say the book mentioned some of the strengths mm-hmm. of a questioner. You recall some of them? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Um, so some of the strengths of a questioner is we are, because we are priority focused, we will make sure that those things get done, like the high hot ticket items get done first. So that can be very good in some scenarios where you need, um, you know, somebody who's on top of it. She she mentioned that that they typically tend to love spreadsheets. I might be the exception to that. I'm like I could care less about spreadsheets, um, but they they usually are task oriented. Um, if they're given all the information, they can take a task and run with it. Mm. Um, so for me, I know that's very much how I am at work. Like literally, the boss can come to me and say, like I need A, B, and C done. Here's all the things that you need to do it. Can you accomplish it by this Friday? I'm like, yeah, no problem. And it'll be done by like Wednesday because I have everything to work with. Um, But it it did mention that some of the downsides of being a questioner is because you question everything. um, People aren't always going to like that. Right. Mm. So when you're asking questions, it's not necessarily that you're trying to be um, combative or necessarily intentionally stubborn sometimes you're asking to further understand or to help people walk through the process of getting to the best possible way to do something without overtaking them Mm. you know does that make sense Mm -hmm. yeah so you have to learn to manage that only because not everybody likes that you know like not everybody can deal with somebody who questions their authority Uh, especially when you're dealing in the workplace um, with your bosses, you might have what you think in your mind is the best idea. Um, You may have done the research and it's clearly a better option, but at the end of the day, it's like if you're not the boss and you have a boss that won't take or deal with that, you're going to find yourself in a lot of situations where you're probably going to get fired or, you know, or they're going to tell you that you don't work well with others. So you do have so to then I guess that. a question that I would have um, in regards to that. So being that a questioner in general, let's say you're working at a place 
and it's this big goal that the group is trying to accomplish. So for a questioner, they probably aren't going to follow through with it. They're probably not going to stay on task with it if they haven't decided that this was an important goal for themselves personally. So because it's the group, it's not as important, but if they make it personal, then it would be. So how would a person that is maybe in a group setting or operating, like for instance, we work a business with one another, how would one help a questioner to be able to then um, achieve the different goals or things that either maybe the company is trying to accomplish or maybe as a business um, you're trying to accomplish together working in a partnership? So part of it is choice. Um, because remember that a questioner, they have no problem meeting their inner expectations. So they already have like in their mind, um, what the end result looks like to them. But the struggle is with meeting that outer expectation is it has to, it has to make sense. And the individual has to be given enough information for them to make that judgment that it makes sense. So like I would give in that scenario, let's say that you have like a group setting where you are working with multiple people with different tendencies, different personalities. Um, Usually your questioner is probably going to be like the more person kind of taking the reins or that wants to take the reins. But all all of the information has to be laid out there like like they have to be able to get their questions answered. And even if they don't make even if the answers don't make sense in that moment. Like it has to be like, I know it doesn't make sense now, but this is, but once A, B, and C is done, this is why it will make sense to you. Okay. So that's interesting that you say why. So for a questioner, why is very important there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Which is interesting too. And that would kind of help. Like, so maybe as you're listening to this, you realize, Hey, I'm a questioner or maybe um, someone in my family or somebody I'm working with is definitely a questioner. So then help them see the why. So help paint their why, their vision for them. And and they have to be the one, you know, making that vision as to the why. And if the why is strong enough and has a a base, then they're going to then follow through. Oh yeah. And, And because, and here's the other thing too about a questioner is usually because they have a reputation of having all of this information, like people tend to view them as the authority on certain things. So you could see like why there's still some caution to that, because what could happen is, you know, it could be cause could cause you to become like very haughty and be like, Oh, well I know everything, you know? So Mm -hmm. therefore my way is always the best way, which, Mm -hmm. you know, is not necessarily always the truth, but I mean, even questioners will, will disagree with, you know, certain authorities, like, like doctors, she mentioned like a doctor can tell you that like, Hey, you have, uh, thrombosis or something like that. And you're like, nope, I've done the research. I don't have thrombosis. Um, I'm just a little bit sore. I'm going to get me some rest and I'll be perfectly fine tomorrow because we feel like we've done the research. And in the moment she said that, I was like, yep, that's me all day. <laughs> so here's another question in line with that. So as far as one thing that is also evident with a questioner, questioners don't like to be questioned. Oh, we hate it. Right? Oh, we so, hate being questioned. knowing that a questioner does not like to be questioned, 
what would then be the best way to again then communicate trying to get them to maybe understanding why they're, what you need why they're or, being questioned or not even maybe why they're being questioned but i would think the only way for me to decipher and to get you maybe on my page with something or us on the same um wavelength mentally that i would need to ask questions well if you don't like questions what would then be the way to help you to see or envision what i am envisioning so i i think this is the other side of it because um as a questioner we've normally walked through all the steps and worked it out granted i mean you can't catch everything and there's going to be some things that you miss but i think having that dialogue and that conversation that's saying like hey like i know that you've probably already you're probably already aware of this um i just want to for my benefit uh i was wondering about a b and c mm-hmm. and if that doesn't work then i would suggest because i know how i am um i would suggest like having that heart to heart question that's like hey when i question you i am not trying to question your authority like I am not trying to question your intelligence, but it makes me feel like I'm your partner. And that is something that, you know, can work with or it makes me feel a certain way because then we're looking at, OK, that's more information. That's more data that I've been given. So it's like, oh, hmm, OK, so the perfect example, I, I know what you're probably thinking about is like when we're driving somewhere and <laughs> and you're like, why are you going down this street? Like. <laughs> okay, where are you going? Why did you turn on the street? Like, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, the GPS is here. Like, I've already gone through the GPS. I know where I'm going. And what do I, t- <laughs> what do I tell you every time you ask me that? Sit there and shut <laughs> up. <laughs> and it's only funny because that's what my grandfather did like for years, like when I was a kid. And I remember watching that. So he's probably a questioner. <laughs> um, but the funny thing about it is just, I already know and have in my head in the moment that you ask that question, it makes me think like, oh, okay, what did I miss? Like, shoot, I missed something. And even though that's not necessarily the case. So over the years for me, it becomes one of those things that are arbitrary where it's just like, oh, okay, she's, I didn't miss something. She's just asking because she needs to know. Okay. But then there's also times where it's like, why did you let me go down the street so long? And you didn't tell me back then to turn. And it's like, well, if I step in and say something, we're upset. But if I don't say something, we're upset. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, at the end of the day, it really boils down to reasons. And I know for like an individual like me, like I know I make mistakes. And so whether I pick up on them now or like later on, I, I will eventually catch it. Mm-hmm. And so... I think for like a person like me, it's more that I'm like, ah, oh, you knew we were going the wrong way this whole time and you didn't say something <laughs> like it's it's almost like the equivalent of like you knew I was about to walk into a hole and you just let me keep on walking into a hole. So that's that's where that comes from. It's it's like in that scenario, it's like, ah, oh, OK, I know I would have been upset if you would have asked me the question because i'm probably i probably would have been like oh i already know but then it's like it's a double-edged sword because you hate looking like an idiot mm-hmm. or you know it's it's the embarrass it's the human embarrassment factor you know mm-hmm. so not saying that you can't win for losing but i mean at the end of the day realize that a questioner usually is pretty well researched so 
nine times out of ten, eight times out of ten, um, they're going to be spot on. Mm-hmm. And the two times that they're not, um, we're typically going to be a lot harder on ourselves and take it very, very personal because we're like, how did I miss that? Like, I'm normally so astute and well-researched. Like, how did I miss that? Gotcha. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I, I think, um, you know, like one of the biggest things probably to take away from it, you know, like we said, is is each tendency has its strengths and its weaknesses. Um, you know, realizing what tendency you are. And, and we've talked about this before. I think you and I have. I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the podcast. And it, but it's it's not to use it as a crutch and say that, like, because I'm a questioner, this is why I act this way. Right. Like, it's great that you understand that that's why you act and respond a certain way or when it comes to meeting expectations. But you should be able to use that to better understand how to interact with others and you know, like identify their traits and tendencies. So like think in the workplace, like let's say that you have somebody that you feel is like always like insubordinate. They question you all the time. And it's like, I don't know what to do with this person. Like if you didn't know, now you're thinking like, oh, okay, he might be a questioner or she might be a questioner. So the way that I approach this individual now is like, instead of me getting upset, I will just change my approach and say, hey, can you do A, B, and C? Here's all the information that you need. Is that something that you can handle? Do you have any questions? Is there anything else that I can get you so that you can complete this? Mm-hmm. And now, it instead of feeling like your authority is is questioned and being like retroactive, like you're being proactive about the situation, right? You know, even um, so like like we were talking, even in the dynamic of a relationship, you know, too, where it's like one spouse might feel like, well. I can never question their authority. Like they feel like they're a know-it-all like, or sometimes I can't get them to do what I want them to do. It it has for a questioner. It's about recognizing that, okay, this, this individual needs the knowledge and enough of a reason why they should do something right. for them to actually do it. But still at some point it has to be justified within themselves. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it sounds like it, even as like I'm verbalizing, it sounds like really, really crazy, but it's like you need that group. And and the funny thing is next to obligers, um, questioners was the next highest, highest group of yeah. individuals. So, which is funny because questioners don't really work too too well with obligers they work better than upholders do but it's just it's weird that it's that way right but i I will say okay so here's a caveat to that is the one thing about a questioner like when it comes to like an internal expectation that they set or once they've like that outside expectation that you know has finally made sense to them we do take it and run with it like we're off and like nothing can like stop us from accomplishing that goal. So at some point it's like, whether you feel like a, a questioner is like not taking action when they do like watch out cause they're going to be on fire. Mm. Make sense. Yeah. All right. Anything else you wanted to address with a questioner? Um, I mean, I guess so then for, 
I'm a if I'm a questioner, like again, we talked a little bit about some of the obstacles that they may face and things that might hold them back. So what are some actionable steps that they can take to kind of balance that out and be able to fully meet um, different uh, objections that they're uh, rooting for? So if I under if I understand your question, like knowing that a questioner is going to have uh, certain obstacles because of how that tendency works, like how can they overcome those obstacles or not even just necessarily overcome them but let's say for instance um you've sat down you've said this is my why this is why i'm gonna do it like what can they do action wise to move forward to meeting those goals so that they avoid having analysis paralysis Mm -hmm. like so at some point like I know people don't want to hear this right now, but you have to have the Nike model and and just decide to take action because the reality is you're never going to be able to take it all in, like take in all the information. And I know even for myself personally, like remember questioners like prioritize. So the priorities that I've set for myself to other people might seem like inaction in certain things. It just means that at that moment, it's not as high of a priority. Mm -hmm. So like if you have a goal that, you know, is, is an actionable goal, like something that you can actually meet that has like a definitive timeline or like an an end date, um, then those priorities will start to cycle through. So I know one of the things that was like really, really huge to me was like, trying to get our house paid for like paid off like Mm -hmm. that was like my number one um like secular priority and being that like we are so so close to that like everything else not saying that it's not as important but like with that being the number one priority it's like everything else just gets cycled down until that gets taken care of and then it then things move up on the list Mm. so that's what what i meant by my statement earlier where it's like an individual you know, might seem like they're not taking action and other people have to be patient just because that person has prioritized other things that they feel is more important at that time. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else? All right. So that is going to do it for this podcast, talking about the questioner. Once again, uh, like and subscribe. And we thank everybody for listening. And uh, we welcome you guys to tune in to the next one. We'll be talking about the obliger. Mm-hmm. This is your MO, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And also be sure to rate us, um, leave comments. Uh, we are on Stitcher, um, iTunes. Um, I think Google Play is actually changing because they were having issues with the uploading. But um, any Google platforms that you listen to podcasts, um, Check us out. All right. Until then, everyone stay well, and we'll talk to you guys soon.